Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work, and you can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Excuse me. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including a visit with uh, William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. We'll also visit with Elaine Reed. She is the CEO of the Naples Historical Society. And Larry Reed, he is the uh, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and the author of about a dozen books. His latest, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. He also writes a very interesting interesting column on point it's called on newsmax.com we'll visit with larry as well it is april the 7th and on this day in 1954 president dwight d eisenhower coined one of the most famous cold war phrases when he suggests the fall of the french indonesia which is vietnam to the communists could create a domino effect in southeast asia the so-called domino theory dominated u.s thinking about vietnam for the next decade or more By early 1954, it was clear to many U.S. policymakers that the French were failing in their attempt to reestablish colonial control in Indonesia, <clears throat> which they lost during World War II when the Japanese took control of the area. The Vietnamese nationalists, led by the communist Ho Chi Minh, were on the verge of winning a stunning victory against the French forces at the Battle of Dien Bien Phu, In just a few weeks, uh, representatives from the world's powers were scheduled to meet in Geneva to discuss a political settlement of the Vietnamese conflict. The U.S. officials were concerned that a victory by Ho's forces and or agreement in Geneva might leave a communist regime in control of all or part of Vietnam. In an attempt to rally congressional and public support for increased U.S. aid to the French, President Eisenhower gave an historic press conference on April 7, 1954. Excuse me, please. He spent much of the uh, speech explaining the significance of Vietnam to the United States. First, it was economic importance, the specific value of a locality in its production of material that the world needs, materials such as rubber, uh, sulfur. There was also the possibility that many human beings pass under a dictatorship that is inimical to the free world. Finally, the president noted you have a broader considerations that might follow you when you uh, call the, which we would call the falling domino principle. He expanded on his thought, explaining you have a row of dominoes set up, you knock over the first one, and what happens as the last one is certainly that, it will go over very quickly. The world is disintegrating in Southeast Asia with the loss of Indochina, of Burma, of Thailand, of Peninsula, and Indonesia following. Uh, Eisenhower suggests that even Japan, which needed Southeast Asia for trade, would be in danger. Eisenhower's words had little direct immediate impact. A month later, uh, Fu fell to the communists, and an agreement was reached in the Geneva Conference that left Ho's forces in control of Vietnam. In the long run, however, Eisenhower's announcement of the domino theory laid the foundation for the U.S. involvement in Vietnam, 
John F. Kennedy and Lyndon B. Baines Johnson both used the theory to justify their calls for increased U.S. economic and military assistance to non-communist South Vietnam and eventually the commitment of U.S. armed forces in 1965. <clears throat> so is the domino theory. Uh, that was announced by Eisenhower that led to a lot of the military thinking uh, in Vietnam. All the way, by the way, also today is Good Friday, the day we recognize the crucifixion of Christ, and we also celebrate his resurrection on Easter this Sunday. Well, Florida GOP uh, Representative Byron Donalds on Thursday endorsed former President Donald Trump for the party's 2024 presidential nominee. Uh, there's only one leader in this time in our nation's history who can seize the moment and deliver what we need to get us back on track, provide strength and resolve, Donald's wrote in a press statement. This is why I am honored to endorse President Donald J. Trump for president in 2024, and I ask my fellow Americans to join me. <clears throat> Trump has already gotten some endorsements from others in the uh, Republican Party, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, Wesley Hunt of Texas, Elaine Stefanik of New York, Senators Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, J.D. Vance of Ohio, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen of o Oklahoma, Eric Schmidt of Missouri, and Tony Tuberville of Alabama, uh, all senators <clears throat> who have endorsed Trump as well. Uh, well, congratulations, Byron. I think that's a great decision, and I think it will be, have some influence on a lot of folks. The Biden administration's review of Afghanistan withdrawal largely blamed former President Donald Trump uh, for what happened. And I'm not kidding. This, that was, it's so disgraceful. <laughs> I watched yesterday part of the presentation of this uh, document. The document published Thursday mentions Trump 16 times and cast criticism on the former administration for leaving difficult realities behind for President Joe Biden and severely constraining him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say this with a straight face. It, it, it makes me mad in one way, and another way it just makes me laugh. This is incredible. The review criticized Trump for ordering talks with the Taliban, ordering the down, uh, drawdown of U.S. troops, and negotiating withdrawal deadline for May 1st of 2021. While not giving Biden plans on how to conduct the final withdrawal plan, the, uh, the Trump to a Biden administration or, or transition in the transition, so he's saying, uh, Trump didn't tell me what to do. <laughs> I can't believe it. President Biden is committed to ending the war in Afghanistan, but when he came into office, he was confronted with difficult realities left to him by the Trump administration. President Biden asked his military leaders about the options he faced, including the ramifications of further delaying the deadline of May 1st. He pressed his intelligence professionals on whether it was feasible to keep 2,500 troops in Afghanistan and both defend them against a renewed Taliban onslaught and maintain a degree of stability in the country. The assessment for those intelligence professionals was that the United States would need to send more American troops into harm's way to ensure our troops could defend themselves and to stop the stalemate from getting worse, the document read. But, and uh, how come he... <laughs> How was, how was not one soldier was uh, touched for, I think it was a year, nine months, when uh, when uh, Trump called up the head of the Taliban and said, you know what, uh, just don't kill any Americans or hurt any Americans or I'll, we're going to zero in on, and the implication was on you and your family. Nobody got hurt. So Biden's, their assessment, however, was that uh, they needed more troops. Biden's August 2021 withdrawal, 2021 withdrawal from Afghanistan left 13 Americans dead, as we know, 
the Biden administration also cast blame on Trump's administration for creating a backlog of people seeking special immigrant visas and hollowing out much of the career workforce. Trump's campaign responded to Biden's claims by saying the current administration is trying to gaslight the American people for their disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan that directly led to American deaths and emboldened the terrorists. Trump's spokesperson, uh, this is Stephen Chung, told the Daily Caller, uh, Biden, uh, his complete erosion of American deterrence can be directly assigned blame for Putin's decision to invade Ukraine, Kim's decision to restart missile launches, and Xi's uh, pending decision to invade Tyron, Taiwan, and Chinese spy balloons surveilling America, and those who uh, are only the nation-state threats we're aware of. The world has become a more dangerous place under Joe Biden, Chung added. Certainly has. Uh, he's right that he's gaslighting the American people. How in the world they could actually look back, 2020 hindsight, take a look at what happened in Afghanistan and say, you know what, all the things considered, we did a pretty good job. I mean, it's unbelievable how stupid that is. I can't understand why they don't recognize the errors of their ways. That It was one of the most embarrassing uh, scenes we've ever seen in, on, in terms of the uh, international stage. Uh, at that point, I think we lost a lot of credibility uh, with on the world stage. Amazing. <clears throat> well, the Tennessee House of Representatives expelled two Democrat members Thursday, uh, days after those members allegedly broke House rules ver- via their participation in gun control protests. Three Democrat representatives were considered for expulsion. Uh, those were Representatives Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, and Gloria Johnson. Of the three, only Johnson was spared expulsion. Days ago, on April the 3rd, uh, Tennessee uh, House Speaker Cameron Sexton explained that the votes were not about peaceful protests. Rather, he uh, suggested the actions allegedly undertaken by Jones, Johnson, and Pearson broke several rules of decorum and procedure on the House floor. The Tennessean reported that Jones, Johnson, and Pearson allegedly used a bullhorn as they led protesters into the galleries and several chants calling for gun reform. Jones was expelled by a vote of 75 to 26. The push to expel Johnson failed by a vote of 65 to 30. Pearson was expelled 69 to 26. Prior to the expulsion votes, Jones, Johnson, and Pearson voted against a school safety bill that would add armed guards to every Tennessee school. School, Of course, other calls uh, saying racism and all that nonsense uh, proceeded. But you know what? It's great to see... uh, there's rules. This is how we uh, conduct ourselves in the Tennessee House, and uh, they were violated. So then the, the members all voted and, and agreed to have these uh, two members expelled. Uh, one other didn't, uh, wasn't expelled. But to me, uh, that's how you get good behavior is just enforce the rules that you have. We can do that a lot better in a lot of ways. Author Gordon Chang said the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's meeting with the Taiwanese President Xi uh, Wing Wen, I'm sure I mispronounced that, but on Wednesday sent a message that will anger the Chinese Communist Party top brass, and he says that's a good thing for the United States. Speaking with America Agenda after a live press conference between McCarthy and Xi, Chang said, I think China's President Xi Jinping heard the word bipartisan and understood that now in American politics, it is absolute must to support Taiwan. Chang added that the Chinese people won't see this. Beijing will censor it, but it will be seen in the Communist Party compound, 
and they're not going to be happy, which is good. China has threatened unspecified retaliation over the meeting. So Kevin McCarthy, by the way, in my opinion, first uh, three months, he's doing a pretty good job. I'm pretty pleased with uh, how he's performed as Speaker of the House. President Joe Biden vetoed legislation Thursday that would have reversed his administration's changes to waterway pollution regulations. It comes after majorities in Democrat-controlled Senate and Republican-controlled House voted to reverse the Biden rules, which opened more waters to federal protection at the expense of industry. Biden issued a statement on Twitter that, after signing the veto, saying his decision protects every American's right to clean water. No, it doesn't. He... He can't honestly say that. Previously, the White House warned that the measure would threaten economic growth. Farmers would be left wondering whether artificially irrigated areas remain exempt or not. Construction crews would be left wondering whether their water-filled gravel pits remain exempt or not, the administration said ahead of the veto. Uh, Shelley uh, Moore Capito, uh, a senator from uh, West Virginia, Ranking member of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee condemned Biden's decision shortly after the announcement. By vetoing this Congressional Review Act resolution of disapproval, President Biden is ignoring the will of the bipartisan majority in Congress, leaving millions of Americans in limbo and crippling future energy and infrastructure projects with red tape. There's a reason why those who work in agriculture, building, mining, and small businesses of all kinds across the America strongly support our effort to block the Biden water rule. And I'm disappointed the president chose to stand by his blatant executive overreach. More regulations, <clears throat> uh, you know, after Trump cleared out so many regulations, now Biden is creating more and more regulations, doing business kind of like walking through saltwater taffy uh, in terms of trying to get business done. It's just really incredible. <clears throat> All right, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow uh, with the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and also uh, at the website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We're going to have more here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time.
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by InternationalHealthPlans.com. Uh, What if you got sick or hurt on uh, traveling to another country? Most health insurance plans here in the United States don't cover international travel. And for very little money, you can make sure that uh, you can travel with confidence. Just visit the website internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Larry Bell, a Dowd professor at the University of Houston. Right now we have with us William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure. William, tell us about the Pacific Legal Foundation. You bet. We're a legal nonprofit, and we defend Americans for free from government abuse. It's a big market, isn't it? (laughs) Alas. So, William, I wanted to talk to you about uh, the thing, this case now has progressed against President Trump. He's booked, indictment and unsealed. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I echo um, some of these statements that I read in preparation for this call um, by down-the-road or in-the-middle legal professors. Um, and these include utterly incoherent and legal mess. Um, so here, referring to the 34 counts, felony counts in the indictment, um, given that this is the first-ever prosecution of a president or ex-president, it was surprisingly light on facts and uh, pretty vague with the law. Uh, for example, it does uh, follow through, you know, as we had speculated on prior Fridays, how uh, DA Bragg is attempting to bootstrap these state charges, this misdemeanor of falsifying business records, onto felony uh, federal election law. But he doesn't identify the federal election law. Um, so that's a big gaping hole. Um, overall, the, the details um, were pretty hazy. You know, again, this doesn't. This is somewhat incongruent given the gravity of the underlying charges. Um, it, it's. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, but, well, of the, it, it is as bad as we expected. <laughs> so you know, I guess I was overcome with uh, negative things. Well, <clears throat> If you're accused in the United States, uh, you have the right to understand what you're being accused of. He says that he's elevated, now Bragg says that he's elevated these misdemeanors, misdemeanors into felonies because of the severity of the crime that it led to. 
then of course we ask, what is the crime that it led to? Can't tell you. <clears throat> I don't have to tell you at this time, <clears throat> which is just really bogus. And then <clears throat> a key member of the Federal Election Commission uh, a couple days ago rejected the Manhattan District Attorney's indictment of former President Donald Trump as a violation of federal election laws. It's not a campaign finance violation. It's not a reporting violation of any kind, said FEC Commissioner James Trey Trainer. <laughs> so uh, this it's all circular, and it makes no sense. Circular and makes no sense indeed. And I'll note, just in addition to the Federal Election Commissioner who poo-pooed <coughs> Um, these are charges that previously the federal uh, uh, Department of Justice had declined to pursue, yeah. and indeed that Bragg's own office had declined to pursue. Um, and just to sort of take the bird's eye view here, and this echoes something we spoke about last Friday, um, the deleterious effect this is having upon not just our justice system, but our body politic. Um, there was incredible polling that came out from MSNBC um, to the effect that 93% of Democrats approve of the charges in the indictment, um, even though 61% of said, you know, of said Democrats um, uh, concede that it's political. And this, this blows my mind. This is America. So, I mean, in essence, the polling is indicating that notwithstanding the acknowledgement that this is a political prosecution, it is nonetheless supported um, by one of the two political parties. So, that's a terrible, slippery slope, and yeah. I fear we're at the dawn of an era of nakedly political prosecution. I mean, even Nancy Pelosi said, President Trump has the right to prove his innocence. I thought we were innocent until proven guilty. Well, um, perhaps. Well, shoot, that is the ideal, to be sure. But again, this new age of politicized prosecution, um, where the, it's the... the the crime fits, uh, you know, preconceived notions. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, alas, again, slippery slope and dangerous stuff. Very indeed. Uh, I wonder if you'd uh, uh, give a comment at all on the debt ceiling discussions and the budget update. Well, shoot, uh, the GOP is in disarray. Um, so as we last week, we spoke about how they had decoupled the hard work of actually doing a budget with these debt ceiling negotiations with Biden. Early this week, there were reports coming out from Fox News that they had pivoted, that indeed they were going to recouple these efforts, do the hard work of a budget and appropriations, um, tether that to the debt ceiling negotiations. Um, uh, but shoot, yesterday in the New York Times, there was a bombshell report where Speaker McCarthy, um, from his office evidently, just blasted the GOP chair of the Budget Committee, Jody Arrington, and also uh, the GOP House Majority Leader, Steve Scalise. And this is all over the budget stuff. So that New York Times article indicates that the things are bad, um, that there is no cohesion, there is no leadership, evidently, on this issue in the House GOP. And um, I'm sorry to say it. I mean, you know, again, we've got a, a, a debt ceiling. We're at $31.4 trillion and counting. Um, and we evidently, despite all these promises that were made in the eve of the 118th Congress, the current House majority doesn't have the wherewithal to take this on. That's what it's looking like at this point. Wow. Well, to me, I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, we're going to sit down. The president says, well, we have to have an increase in the debt ceiling before we have a discussion on reducing expenses. And uh, McCarthy says, no, we're going to do both at the same time. And uh, that's kind of where where we where I thought we stood at the time. So 
but what you're saying is that they ha there's not an agreement about what costs to cut among the Republicans? In essence. And so, yes, exactly. And instead of doing the hard work of doing an annual budget process, you know, where they, they first budget the money, then they issue the appropriations, the way things are supposed to work. Yeah. Um, and by doing that hard work, they would, you know, basically present the president with a plan and say, here's how we want to do it. Um, they can't get their act together. They can't get uh, cohesion on that crucial matter. So this debt ceiling negotiation with Biden is going to proceed reportedly on a different track from these budget and appropriations bills. And that just makes no sense. I mean, it's, it's just, frankly, it makes no sense. Tim is fugit. I mean, we're running out of time, so Indeed. I, I don't know how we're going to resolve this. Well, you meet me again. Uh, a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. The website is pacificlegal.org, pacificlegal.org. William, always appreciate your most well-informed commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Well, always a pleasure. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Elaine Reed. She is the CEO of the Naples Historical Society. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratuscale Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by our, we're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Professor Larry Bell. Right now we have with us Elaine Reed. She is the CEO of the Naples Historical Society. Elaine, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being here. Always my pleasure, Elaine. And you know, a lot's happened since we last talked. But first of all, tell us about the Naples Historical Society. 
Naples Historical Society is considered the central voice of Naples history. It's a nonprofit organization here in Naples, Florida. We own and operate Historic Palm Cottage, which is Naples' oldest house. It's the portal to Naples history. We provide docent guided tours, self-guided tours, and what makes it extra special now is we have just fully recovered from Hurricane Ian. We've opened our doors. Uh, the house looks fabulous. We've been able to maintain about 93% of the original Dade County pine wood flooring, and it's worth it's worth a visit. Yeah, and in fact, it's uh, you've opened up uh, for the, today and tomorrow for visits. I think at no cost. Did I did I read that? That's exactly right. Free today, free tomorrow. It's been free all week. Um, we've had hundreds and hundreds of people come through already. It's a sight to be seen. We've got some photos of the damage the hurricane caused. So people who weren't here have a chance to uh, to see the, the kind of damage and how we have re-emerged, uh, quite frankly, more beautifully than before. Which is just great news. And uh, the damage was pretty extensive, wasn't it? It sure was. Uh, the society owns uh, six buildings, six different buildings, and five of them were pummeled uh, relentlessly by this devastating hurricane. And um, we had mud, and I called it the Gulf of Mexico seabed that was inside the house, about two feet of water, but the residue from the mud and the chaos and violence of the water is what caused such great damage. So, yes, we had uh, uh, about half a million dollars in damage. Incredible. It was uh, just devastating, the uh, water surge coming up, the, the surge of uh, the, the tide coming in. It was, just, and, and it was uh, pretty foul, too. <laughs> Awful stuff. So, uh, but I understand you, you acquired a property next, next door? Yes. Uh, Naples Historical Society purchased the property just to the east of Historic Palm Cottage. Uh, the current address is 163 12th Avenue South. Um, we did not necessarily buy that house to preserve the house. We bought that property to protect Palm Cottage in perpetuity. Mm. So now the society owns that campus of the cottage itself and both properties on either side. Our plan is to develop the house, keeping the house as is, just taking out a couple of load, non-load-bearing walls in the center to create an open cavity for exhibits. And that will be named the Smith's Exhibit Hall. And then uh, we will develop the surrounding landscaping to incorporate history stations and a walking path. Um, and the public can continue to participate. Uh, we do sell bricks and inscribed fence pickets, and all of that is available on the website. We'd love to have more community support as we fulfill our vision. NaplesHistoricalSociety.org is the website. NaplesHistoricalSociety.org. You know, normally don't think about history uh, and Naples, most people think about it as, you know, kind of a fairly new development. How do you respond to that? Well, I, I've heard that many times before, and, and my comment for those who uh, understand world history, some people think that Virginia and St. Augustine are brand new. Yeah. Right? And we know that those communities are very old. So I think if we live, work, and play and enjoy this beautiful part of southwest Florida— Let's acknowledge the history that we do have, which might not have started uh, with great settlements uh, as, as early as some of these other communities, but this is where we are. So let's embrace what we have. Yeah. And um, I think that that's, that's the, the best advice going forward. Yeah, and I don't think you can really appreciate what we have until you visit uh, the Palm Cottage uh, downtown. Where exactly is the cottage? 
We are one block east of the Naples Pier at 137 12th Avenue South. There's a public parking lot uh, that is right across the street, parking along the street. It's uh, nestled within the Naples Historic District and a stone's throw from 3rd Street South with shopping and dining. So it's pretty convenient for everybody. Outstanding. Uh, maybe expand a little bit on the uh, uh, historical district uh, and what that is. So the Naples Historic District is a recognized uh, landmark in the National Register of Historic Places. It was recognized in 1987, so it's been around far before my tenure began at the Society. And this includes about 94 parcels. Uh, 57 houses are within that, uh, those parcels that are still historic. Ah. And so trying to protect them, the Society has done a yeoman's job uh, with great legislation, advocating for great legislation that was passed two years ago. Um, it has been a very good run, but the hurricane did complicate things tremendously. Uh, no, um, no doubt indeed. Now, these are, for the most part, I would imagine, privately owned homes, uh, requiring, I, th I would imagine, some uh, cooperation on the part of the owners and you know, participation in certain, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to call them rules or regulations or whatever. Could you comment? Sure, yes. Every single one of these properties is privately owned, and it does require the, uh, the interest and uh, um, desire of the homeowner to try to do something. None, none of the, none of the uh, work on the legislation included any kind of mandates. This is all voluntary, mm. which might be odd for some people who live in the Northeast where there were mandates. Mm -hmm. I, um, we've talked a lot about that, but uh, this is a very, very strong property rights community. Um, as soon as you step outside those boundaries, there will be people screaming and, and shouting for property rights. So I have often said that uh, the future of the district relies on those who own the houses and who are willing to preserve uh, or rehabilitate uh, what they can. But this hurricane just caused untold complications that make it complicated even for those who would like to rehabilitate their houses? We're just we're in a different uh, a different scheme these days. Oh, absolutely. Well, of course, uh, the location of Palm Cottage as well as these homes in this district are just very close to the Gulf of Mexico, and there was just I know in terms of commercial properties there was so much damage uh, along Twelfth Avenue South. That's true. Now we acknowledge that there was far worse damage up in Fort Myers Beach, and and we know that all others along the Gulf, all the way up uh, in North Naples, there were, was a lot of damage. So we suffered along uh, with so many other people. But what I had said, I was here during the storm. I uh, went to my office to assess the damage the day after the hurricane, and. Um, the first thing I said is we have four walls and a roof and not one broken window. Mm. We're going to be okay. We just have to be patient and uh, move forward, and that's exactly what we've done. Well, I'll tell you, Lane, it uh, takes strong leadership to work through the situation to get where you are right now. And, uh, of course, you're that person. So I just really congratulate you. And, uh, again, I refer our listeners to NaplesHistoricalSociety.org, NaplesHistoricalSociety.org. Stop by Palm Cottage. Learn more about the background and history of, uh, of Naples. Such an interesting story that goes back, it goes back to the 18th century, doesn't it? Or 19th century. Sure. You know, it, it, approximately right after the Civil War is when yeah. we started seeing more development. Now, with all due respect, the Calusa had been here for thousands and thousands yeah, of years. Right. But 
and in terms of uh, in terms of settlement as we see it today, that began right right around after the Civil War. Outstanding, Elaine. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much for the invitation, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Elaine. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Larry Bell. He's endowed professor at the University of Houston. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with the Hodges University Wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the Wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And uh, right now, Neil Simon's Barefoot in the Park is running. It's hilarious and so well done. I encourage you to visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org, and get tickets and find out more, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Well, law enforcement agencies had at least 40 undercover informants engaging in surveillance work. Among defendants on January the 6th, defendant Dominic Pozzola's lawyer, Roger Root, said on Wednesday, a Proud Boys member, Pozzola, is currently standing uh, federal trial in Washington, D.C. with a group of former national chairman Enrico Terrio and members Ethan uh, Nordan, Joseph Biggs, and uh, Zachary Rell, for allegedly conspiring to oppose the January 21st transfer of presidential power and related charges, the government admitted Tuesday that eight FBI confidential human sources were embedded with the Proud Boys on January the 6th, reported in a Wednesday court filing, saying that the Homeland Security Investigations Agency appeared to have some 19 informants active at the time. Can you believe this? To me, this just indicates 
how how much planning went into framing these people and uh, make trying to make uh, the January 6 experience look like an insurrection it was I would say 40 people that's a lot of that's a lot of people participating in the event if you ushering in people coming into the to the Capitol, all the things that went on at the time. Hopefully, with the, resur- uh, the rev- revelation of these videos that Tucker Carlson has received from uh, Kevin McCarthy, we'll find out more. We've already had one person released, of course, the guy, the uh, shaman. <laughs> He's been released uh, early because of uh, what people have been able to demonstrate, that he did nothing wrong, really. He was ushered in by... and. Uh, 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 brought around the Capitol by uh, by law enforcement. He didn't. He wasn't violent. He didn't do anything wrong. So uh, his his big mistake was just showing up and becoming a pawn for this uh, this operation developed by probably Nancy Pelosi, Capitol Police, and and others. What a shame. Well, former uh, President Donald Trump secured another legal victory on over Stormy Daniels on Tuesday when the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals reportedly ordering the pornographic actress to uh, cover an additional $121,972.56 of his legal fees. And uh, that was incurred during her failed defamation lawsuit. According to a post on social media from Trump attorney Harmeet Dillon, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in Los Angeles ruled that Daniels must reimburse Trump that money. The latest ruling means that when added to previous rulings, Trump's favor in terms of expenses which totaled around $500,000, Daniels will owe approximately $600,000 to Trump, and he'll owe her $54,000. So she'll end up netting and owing him $600,000. (laughs) Trump says, now all I have to do is to wait for all the money that she owes me. Former president said, P.S., this fake news probably won't be reported on this story. And he's right. But uh, again, more Alvin Bragg fodder here. He's going to have to deal with this as well. And uh, this case should be dropped immediately. Well, this is from Red State. And John Fetterman is finally released from the hospital after suffering from a reported bout of severe depression. The Pennsylvania Senator has long been the center of controversy surrounding his ailing health, largely centering on his massive stroke that he had prior to the 2022 election. Since then, Fetterman has deteriorated in ways that would have led to immediate calls for his resignation were he not a member of the Democrat Party. He can't speak properly, he can't understand others properly, and he relies on a closed captioning device to communicate. It's good to be a Democrat, though, and the press has been rushing to cover his uh, covering since uh, day one uh, continued. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Was it Leslie Stahl that uh, was interviewing him? And she said, uh, do you have any plans, aspirations after being a senator to run for president? I'm not kidding. I mean, she really said that. The guy can't, can hardly talk. That continued on Friday with the CBS News uh, interview with, uh, that did nothing but raise a multitude of questions. For start, is this guy a U.S. senator or not? I'm not trying to downplay his condition. Quite the contrary. But the Senate is not a place to battle depression, much less serious health issues that leave one unable to communicate. The question at hand isn't how brave Fetterman supposedly is. It's whether he can do the job, and he obviously cannot. That should be the top priority, an issue for every single person who interviews him. Instead, they lavish him with praise while helping him hide his actual condition. It's dystopian. Past that, a lot of people noticed where Fetterman's eyes were going during the interview. 
Not only is he reading the question on some kind of monitor just off screen, which CBS News is careful to not show, but he's pretty clearly also reading his answers. His eyes stayed glued to the screen the entire time with only passing glances to the interviewer herself. Though there were 11 different edit cuts in the 45-second clip that the CBS News released, let me say it again, it was 11 cuts in under a minute. Those edits were just made for promotional purposes. They were cut all made during a single question. Why? Because Fetterman takes time to read his monitor and can't often loses his train of thought. CBS News, instead of being honest with its audience, has tried to hide the fact. Uh, <clears throat> does that sound like something an honest press would do? If this were a Republican, would they be bending over backward to cover up just how bad things are? We all know the answer to that. Fetterman is not fit to be a U.S. senator. It was easy for anyone to see during the campaign, and he's even worse off now. Truly, there's nothing the Democrat Party won't do to hold on to power. Isn't that true? It's unbelievable. I want to just remind you that uh, uh, Little Bee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center is serving dinner, not only breakfast and lunch, but also dinner uh, Saturdays. Uh, went, excuse me, Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. The menu's terrific. Lots of comfort food, but also steak, uh, seafood items. Chef Richie just does a great job. And I hope you'll consider wine and uh, you can have wine and uh, beer as well at the uh, Lulabee's Diner. So consider dinner at Lulabee's Diner Saturday, Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. in the Green Tree uh, Shopping Center. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston Space Architecture. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples.
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting choicesocial.us. Also brought to you by Foundation for Government Accountability. I hope you'll visit the website, thefga.org. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. He's also, also the author of several books. His latest, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. It's a terrific read, again, by uh, Larry Bell. Uh, professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, Professor. Your latest column in Newsmax.com, by the way, uh, his column two or three times a week comes out. It's uh, On Point is the name of the column. Your latest is Trump indictment on ominous precedent, an ominous precedent for Republic's future. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of concern about this uh, on several levels. One is that how it really reflects what's going on in the country that's kind of unbelievable with regard to uh, really compromise or twist of our our justice system and electoral systems and so on with Mm -hmm. this constant, uh, constant attacks on Trump, you know, with Impeachment one, impeachment two, capital riots, raid on Mar-a-Lago, and on and on and on, and and we we've learned, you know, in the last few years that the deep state is really pretty deep and pretty wide, and and so we have all all of that kind of stuff playing out, and then this we look at this uh, this what's going on in in New York, and and I think kind of scratch our heads and think, well. Is this just kind of a, a case of individual arson in New York with the district attorney is trying to make a name for himself and and uh, please his you know his supporters, or is this broader within the Democrat Party and reaching to the White House and the other and all the others uh, in terms of uh, really getting Trump and then. I kind of wonder. There's there's different theories out there whether the uh, idea is to actually make Trump uh, ineligible to run again mm-hmm. because they don't want him to run again, or are they simply trying to make him uh, again so toxic, add to that, so that he's they know they have a lame case with really no no supporting evidence. They don't. They don't have a charge, a legal charge against him uh, that would support, you know, you know, the misdemeanors, you know, elevating those to uh, felonies. Mm-hmm. So is this is this is a, a strategy to uh, again make him weak, but also call attention away from all of the Biden disasters, and we're seeing the House Judiciary Committee and House Oversight Committee. Now, really, look, burrowing down on uh, the the uh, influence peddling scams of the Biden family and getting into you know the bank records and the strategic activity reports that Treasury's been holding back. So it seems like there's there's so many agendas and so many uh, aspects of this, and and I have a hunch they're all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then we say, well. 
Yeah, but where's it going to lead? We see that, at least temporarily, they seem to be boosting uh, Trump in the polls. You know the you know the odds of the of the uh, bookmakers are are raising his chance. It looks like a lot of people think that with the Republicans circling the wagons around Trump now, it's going to make it very hard for another candidate to get into the room. You know, include. DeSantis and others, mm-hmm. which really is going to potentially completely overwhelm the whole debate season. Where I think a lot of us were hoping that the issues would come out and yeah would, would have some robust decision you know, dis- discussions. And it seems like again, Democrats have succeeded in making Trump the uh, the issue and. Uh, and capturing the news cycles. Well, and let's not forget uh, what could happen in Georgia, as well as the uh, special counsel. It's, uh, his, I think his name is Black that's looking into the, the Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> you know, the, to me, it's so crazy. It's so stupid that the uh, uh, the documents that kept at, kept at Mar-a-Lago, there was a visit by, the, by uh, officials uh, from uh, the... Uh, uh, <clears throat> I've forgotten the name of the agency, but it doesn't matter. The point is that he was doing everything right, put on an extra lock, did whatever they asked, and they raided Mar-a-Lago and took away documents. Now, don't I think they're going to probably end up finding crimes or whatever it might be from that. And, well, Biden and what he's already done, uh, and they have a special counsel, of course, uh, looking into his situation. Uh, my guess is we're not going to hear anything about that. Well, I think it's, I think it's an error to even imagine... That any of those act, there's any there or there on any of those activities. I think, right. that, you know, the, you know the the contrast and the hypocrisies are just so blatant. But yeah. I think whenever they get us talking about those, well, this wasn't fair, or that wasn't fair. That's exactly what they want to do: is they want to capture the news on on those discussions, and and the big herd of elephants in the living room is really looking at you know what's happening with, with China. Gaining, gaining leads in terms of, uh, you know, almost every front, whether it's, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, working with Russia now on, on, on a number of issues and supporting them in, in Ukraine and whether it's, you know, whether, whether the uh, American currency is on at risk now of losing its status as the global reserve currency. And we look at deals being struck with China and, in, in Latin America mm-hmm. and Africa and the control of rare earth materials, all this really big stuff is going on. And, and, and we, we realize now that the Biden family has been peddling their, their name. And apart from, apart from making a lot of money on it, you know, we, you can't help but wonder about how terribly compromised yeah. our country is in terms of national security with, with deals made, and with the with the blackmail threats over the black over the the Biden, so the more they have us talking about these things, even when they're egregious, and and the two tiered system and so on, there's there's this whole backwash of stuff that's going on that's not in the news, and uh, and you you kind of keep wondering, well, when is enough enough in terms of the media having to start covering this stuff? Mm-hmm. And, and so, I think the answer is 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 very very concerning that 
that, that you know you couldn't send enough fireworks into the into the sky to get enough attention right on things that really matter my my hope is that uh, this all this activity legal attacks uh, lawfare against trump will uh, embolden the committees in Washington, D.C., on Capitol Hill and the uh, Republican Party to uh, make genuine indictments, do the things they need to do in order to demonstrate and prove the crimes commit, committed by the Biden family. I mean, the, the, the uh, administration said, you know, that balloon crossing in the United States, we wanted to study the balloon. Nothing there because we covered, made sure they couldn't get any information. Well, they're doing figure eights around the various military outlets. They certainly gathered a lot of information. Was Biden compromised? Was he compromised? Uh, 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 co- cooperating with the Chinese uh, military, I, it makes me wonder. Well, I think that all of this, everything that's happening in terms of the actions and responses, and particularly the responses on both sides, has to do with the 2024 elections. Yeah, and 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 the Repu- and the Democrats clearly know that they've got a lot of seats to defend in the Senate. You know, they they've got a They've had quite a ride, and they almost got the filibuster thing killed, and they and they and they almost packed the Supreme Court, and they almost got New York, got Washington D.C. as a reliable state, and they, you know, all of these things. But for you know one vote, which is Manchin, you think how how close these things were, yeah, in cinema. But now they've got the seats to defend, and they've got eleven about eleven seats that that are you know not looking good for them, and. And so the prospects of uh, you know, nothing's going to happen. I think I think Biden will be in, in, indicted. You know, I think he'll be uh, impeached in the House. Uh, he won't be removed by the Senate because they don't have the votes. But but I think he'll be impeached probably over the southern border and, and other stuff. But the whole idea is what's going to happen in twenty 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 four when when the Senate now can can, you know, falls into, hopefully, into Republican hands, that's the point where I think the acts will fall on, on these acts. Nothing's going to happen as long as Merrick Garland is, is uh, however, is nothing is going to uh, change uh, in the legal system so long as Merrick Garland is, is, uh, is running the show. Oh, that is... and, and the partisanship of that that office is just—I mean, there's there's no doubt about it now. Yeah. It's staggering proof of that. You know, Professor, it used to be that they when they're doing bad stuff, they just sneak around and do it. <laughs> now they're just so yeah. emboldened; they just do it out, with absolutely no regard uh, to public opinion. It's just amazing. I think of the cartoon strip, you know, with uh, Linus, you know, and Alice, and she holds the football, and every time he, you know. She fakes him out every single time. Every time he's going to kick the ball, she she, she lets it fall over, and 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 that's that's what happens. That's what happens in the news. You know, we we we've been blindsided so often. I say we that I think independents and and, and non Marxists have been have been. You know, we, we've but but this is this has changed now. You know, Comer and and. James Comer and Jim Jordan have made it clear that these these investigations, the Oversight Committee and Judiciary, are not about Hunter Biden; they're about Joe Biden. Yeah. And uh, but nothing's going to change. You know, 
of course, the big question is, uh, is this going to be enough? When will the public wake up and yeah. not vote for Joe Biden in 2024? I'll tell you, it's just not a good sign of what happened in Wisconsin and, of course, with the mayor of Chicago. It just indicates to me that if we continue the way we're going, we, we get what we deserve. So this is all unfortunate. But, Professor, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And, Bob, happy Easter to you and all of your friends and fans. Thank you so much, Professor. You too. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We've got great guests for Monday. In the meantime, uh, uh, along with uh, Professor Bill, I just wish you uh, a wonderful Easter weekend. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>